Check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. It's Wednesday today. A special Wednesday Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Because tomorrow I'll be traveling to South Bend because Friday we have a race. Round one of Redbud this Friday. And then round two on Monday. Holy shit. That's going to be weird. Two nationals in four days. Looking forward to that. And, of course, the Pulp MX show will be on Tuesday next week as well. So keep that in mind, people. Tuesday we'll be back with the Pulp MX show to discuss the two rounds at Redbud. And this show today we will discuss the two rounds. At Red Bud, of course, round one brought to you by the Intense uh, Taser MX also. So that's pretty cool. Thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check out the Formula Helmet. It has redefined the game in helmets, and uh, its safety performances are amazing from the Rion to the Conehead uh, EPS to all sorts of innovations. And what they've done for 2021 is brought out another formula, Formula CC, a little different shell, also a little bit less expensive. So uh, two helmets, both have the groundbreaking safety technology in them, and one is a little less expensive for 2021, the Formula CC. And we are giving one of those away today on the show, so like, looking forward to doing that. 702-586-7857. Please give us a call if you want to talk about uh, one of the rounds at Redbud or whatever's on your mind, really. Uh, we can talk about anything. So uh, 702-586-PULP, of course. The Pro Taper Sella. The Pro Taper's uh, self-engaged launch assist solves a problem faced by all motocross racers, no matter their skill level which is setting the start device alone. is awkward at best and impossible at worst. With its patent-pending self-engaged twist-style cell, it can be easily set without any assistance, giving riders the freedom to practice starts and line up for racers by themselves. Of course, Pro Taper Sprockets, Pro Taper Handlebars, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, JGR, all using Pro Taper products. Uh, also, I want to thank the folks at Max's Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by... Justin Rodbell, Jeremy Smith, and that guy Alex Wright out there. MaxisTires.com. The Minion tires of mountain bikes are fantastic. Light truck tires. Uh, they've got the mountain bike tires, as I said, dirt bike tires, UTV tires. Maxis.com for more information on that. The folks 100%, they're clear, clear global leader in off-road goggles. They make a lot more than that, though. They have mountain bike gear. I have the helmet and a pair of gloves. Helmets, protection, sport performance, sunglasses, technical fleece and jackets, premium T-shirts, 100% has something for everyone on or off the track. And you know their name, of course, with their goggles that Sexton and Ferrandis wore to win titles this year. The best part of this is 100%.com. Use the code MOTO60-25 at checkout to save 25% on casual apparel accessories. Yeah, that's right. So you can save on anything but the goggles using the code MOTO60-25 at checkout. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Uh, thanks to the folks at Athena and Get as well. They absolutely crush it. Athena has cylinder kits and clutches and and, uh, and valves and, and all sorts of hard parts like that. And then, of course, they have uh, the Get line of products, which is ECUs, uh, wireless uh, hour meters, and, and things like that to get uh, ECU uh, little uh, 911 thing. It's amazing. You uh, set it up on your phone, and if it uh, senses that you need help and you haven't picked up your motorcycle or mountain bike, it will dial your significant other. Or it will dial 911, whatever you tell it to do. It's really cool. Get SOS is what it's called, I believe. So if you want a deal from anything on the on the Get Athena side of things, email us using the contact form on pulpmx.com. We will pass that on, and our buddy Dan there at uh, Get and Athena will uh, help you out. So uh, taking your calls, holding things down over there. It's Tomahawk Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? Tomahawk Tits, that's me. You have caused a ruckus. Yes. And you love it. I, I do. You, I, yes. I don't think there's ever been anything that I've ever done, or at least been even like partly involved in, that's been this big. So it's actually kind of neat. Mm, the the dungeon block was pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. That I, That's not one of the things that I'm like, 
proud to be a part of. This though, though you're proud yes. of. Yes. Oh yeah. You're proud of, of especially because of how delicious it was when it was all happening. Right. Right. So the meat guy. Yeah. He emailed us. Yes. Next time JT is in, he is sending another tomahawk ribeye. He said. Hopefully more than one. And you're going to prepare it. I will do it. And JT and I and you and whoever else is here will I, eat this I tomahawk. will bring my grill. I will bring everything. I'll do it right here in the backyard. And yeah, my <laughs> pleasure. Tomahawk tits legendary, yeah. everybody. Let's do uh, it. Uh, we're going to have Charles Castley on the line and uh, and Jason Thomas later on. Let's get to uh, a couple of calls here. First up, it's Kicker Bob. Kicker Bob, what's up, man? How are you? Dude, you guys stomped it with the discussions for Iron Man Thank when you. it comes to Pulp Mix Fantasy. This is my first year playing, uh-huh. and I really rocked it. I mean, it was nice. great. Nice. It was great. Uh, how'd you right, do? I how missed many, you there, how many, though. How many points did you get? Uh, let's see here. I was just looking at that. Just so uh, 467. Mm, nice work. That's a good job. Yeah, that's uh, somewhere in the top 600, 500, overall, 600. Yep. Overall, the overall ranking is 538. Nice, yeah. Oh, no? Good work. Oh. Yeah, no, it uh, it uh, really paid off. Uh, I, I actually did pretty well, too. And I even had Jorgensen, uh, who let me down big time, uh, two DNFs on that. Um, but I did really well with uh, Jared Lesher and other guys. So Sure. Yeah, the, yeah. the mud discussion, though, the, the week before, I was just shaking my head because I live in this area. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's gorgeous. And, it, yeah, it rained the night before, but that's nothing for the Ironman area. That's, that's JT. He's the weather guy. So anything, <laughs> that, anything that goes on with weather, it's Jason Thomas's area. Hey, but so. you know what? He got it. It did rain. It he did was rain. Right. No, and he was claiming victory. And Wygant was claiming victory because the motos were perfect, and they just kept going back and forth on our group text about who was right and who was wrong. So uh, I, hey, I don't who, know. What was it you were just discussing when I was just coming on the air about something that if you wreck, it will call someone? Yeah, that's I the get SOS. It's uh, it's an hour meter slash SOS thing. It sticks oh, to your dirt bike or mountain bike, and you set it up with an app on your phone, and uh, it senses when your bike is leaned over, uh-huh. and uh, you know it basically calls help. So it's, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, this get sure. SOS thing will will help you. So I need to look into that because yeah, I had a pretty severe. I had a head injury one yeah, year. Yeah, I remember you and- called about that. Yeah. Yeah, and so then I hear what you're discussing, and then I'm hearing about uh, the helmet, and I'm going, oh, I got a yeah. call today. I got to talk to you, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, you. get SOS. Look it up. Uh, it's really, okay. really cool. All right, man. But the Thank- helmet also, yeah. huh? Yeah, helmets. The Formula helmet is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And you're giving it's- that away. Uh, we are giving it away, but not to you, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> you're too early in the show. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Speaking of uh, Pulp Max Fantasy, speaking of uh, Dan Truman, uh, let's welcome our first guest from 100%. It's Charles Castley. What's up, Chuck? How are you? Good, Steve. A little harsh on Bob there, weren't you? Well, I just don't feel like you can call in and ask for something right away. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was he was clearly buttering you up. To he was. He was clearly buttering you up. To get to the point. But Let me, let me yeah. ask you this. So, so the, the Get SOS thing that our buddy Dan has yeah. over there at Get, uh, I have one. I've set it up. I've used it. Uh, on my mountain bike, um, I told Pookie, hey, this is going to call you first. And she was like, mm, I might be busy. And I said, okay. So I, I I was thinking about who else I could set this thing up to call to, you know, to, hey, like your your significant other is is not answering. You know, he's he's upside down somewhere. His bike is, is cartwheeled. Um, would you, would your wife answer it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure she would. Okay. I think. All right. Yeah. Can Can you set up two? Can you have? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You. Like a, yes, a you yeah. First and second. Yeah, you do. You can. So. Huh. You know, I I don't know if you That's set up Paul. Good. Would you set up Paul as your second? Yeah, I'm not sure he'd come. Yeah, I don't he'd know. Actually, yeah, I, I take that back. He would. He's he's a reliable friend. Okay. All right. He would. Um. I'm not. I'm probably not driving from Temecula up to Vegas for you though. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the honesty. So I will not put you as one of my contacts for the Get SOS. Yeah. Like maybe four or five in line. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> just look for a taser just cartwheeled somewhere in the desert. <laughs> um, hey, um, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Uh, how's everything 100%? Good. Just busy as always. Yep. Did you notice, uh, you know, we've had Jason Thomas on here and Dan and, and, and Parabinos and all these guys. The pandemic has been terrible for a number of reasons, and, and many people uh, uh, are out of work and all of that. But on the off-road side of things, how was business? How was sales for that? Because, I mean, a lot of power sports companies noticed a tick, an uptick. Oh, yeah. It's been been crazy. Yeah. March, April, were a little, you know, people were obviously pulling back and not traveling, and shops were closing, all this stuff. But then May, June, July were seriously unbelievable 
growth for all distributors yeah. and dealers. And, yep. um, and now the biggest challenge is inventory because everybody yeah. sold through more than anybody could have ever anticipated. Right. Um, and then we're in the middle of, you know, in our business, we're pre-booking spring stuff to deliver next next year. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are reacting, obviously, to the demand they have right now, which is really, really strong. So it's a little worrisome that, you know, we might be uh, gearing up and, and banking on all of these consumers and all these sales that are happening now um, to continue, which we all certainly hope they will. But yeah. I'm, none of us have a crystal ball to know. Yeah. How else is going to shake down on the the backside of of COVID? But right. we'll see. Yeah. So you come up with the Armega uh, maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and obviously it's it's you know it's your it's your high end goggle. Uh, it's got the the lens, the quick changing lens system, a, a thicker lens, uh, uh, all of the things that these goggles have nowadays. Um, how's how is the reaction to the Armega compared to the other goggles that you guys make as far as the the reception the reception to the price? slash technology in the Armega to the other one. Like, I know another goggle guy, and, and uh, uh, he shall go nameless, but it rhymes with Schmon Schmoles. And, uh-huh. and he tells me that their high-end goggle does get a bit of pushback at times from, from consumers um, just because of the price of these goggles. And, and I understand it, and I get it. I'm, I've done work with X-Brand, of course, and all of that. So what's, what's it like for you guys to balance that and, and sales-wise and try to sell people on, hey, this Armega, this is why it's better? Sure. I mean, and there's there's consumers for each, right? Like you're not going to convince a guy walking into a dealership to buy a twenty five dollar goggle to all of a sudden spend a hundred dollars. Yeah. Right? Like it's that's a big gap to fill. But um, there's consumers in each sort of price level, and I think we make it very easy as a company to to step up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like the, the prices are always pretty incrementally yep. um, close. So it's easy to talk someone up through the different levels. And next thing you know, they're at a high, much higher end going, oh, that makes sense with the value and the improved mm-hmm. technology and so on. But um, I think as a company, unit wise, obviously our our Strata goggle at 25 to $35 yeah. retail is significantly more units than we do in, in an Armega. But um, the Armega has been really good and it hasn't hasn't jeopardized or cannibalized, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, for. cannibalized, uh, right. Yeah, that's the word we're... It hasn't done that yep. at all with our, our Strata Courier Racecraft because it's that higher price point. It's a new consumer we were targeting and, and attracting to the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been been good in that way. And, and yep. the whole time with all the marketing effort, the technology that we put into it and the technology story we told, was we knew it was, we were targeting new consumers, one, and then we knew that was going to help sell the lower price point stuff as well because the people are still looking at the brand um and seeing it and thinking how great it is and then maybe they go in the store and they end up buying a you know 60 dollar curry instead of the 90 dollar armega but they still were turned on to the brand and and paying attention to 100 percent because of the marketing efforts behind armega if that Uh, makes sense yeah yeah absolutely um chris betts wants to get an 100 percent sunglass deal for the minor league baseball so he'll be contacting you. I gave him your info. So yeah, he wants to get kind of on Machado, Tatis uh, bandwagon there. So he, he'll... outside of my my um, expertise or my department, but uh, we can certainly talk to Tess about it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get him a goggle deal for his yeah. mud supercross yeah, plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if he waters a track for a year, every day, <laughs> and rides nothing but muddy supercross, can he can he make a night show? <laughs> I'm not sure. I. I don't know. This He's is, an athlete, so there's that. But yeah. I, yeah, no, this I is, never thought. If you think that's crazy, you should see some of the other stuff he texts. So just FYI on that. Apparently, uh, baseball players have a lot of downtime. <laughs> uh, the best part, 100% Moto 60-25 at checkout. You can save on uh, casual wear and uh, and other stuff at 100%. Uh, so please check that out. Um, all right, let's get into this. So, Charles, you race pro. You race nationals. Uh, you were a great rider. Do you think the Friday-Monday thing is going to be an issue for these guys on Monday or whatever? Weather looks good. It's red butt. It's epic. Do you think there's going to be any sort of, uh, uh, let's say, um, less energy on Monday, let's say a variance in results on Monday, or anything like that for these guys? I really don't think so. These elite guys, like, if this was Friday and Saturday or something, yes, but um, Friday to Monday, that's a big enough gap to where they're recovered. They would probably be putting in a very high, high load day training, um, uh-huh. yep. three or four days later anyway. So it's kind of a normal, normal week for them in, in terms of that, as far as the, the amount of workload. So yep. I don't think it'd be, 
going to be an issue. Do we see radically different results from, I mean, obviously if somebody's bike blows up or whatever, you know, th- that kind of stuff, yeah. but do we see a guy say there's, uh, you know, uh, again, I, I can't, troll train's in great shape, right? It always comes back to troll train with us. Um, right. Troll train's in great shape. On Monday, does he, you know, do a little better than he does on Friday? Uh, maybe that's a bad example, but you know what I mean? Do we see? I, I really, I don't think so. No. I think, I think we will see a variance in results, even though it's the same track. Yeah, look at Salt Lake City Supercross, for example. Um, they changed it a little bit, but still generally the same concept. Um, and you're going to see different results just because starts are so dependent and circumstances are so different. Like even if it's the same exact track three or four days apart, you're going to see different people filling spots. Um, but I don't think it has much of anything to do with the time frame, right? Or, or being yeah, yeah, more fit yeah. than somebody right. else. I think it's it's just going to be the, the circumstances, right? Right, right. Um, Charles Castle from 100% on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. So Wacko left at the first two rounds with a 40-point lead, right? We're all excited for Wacko. Two for two. Looks great. This weekend, of course, uh, has a couple falls in the first moto, but he ends up, you know, salvaging the day with that third in the second moto. He loses 13 points to uh, Eli Tomac. The lead is 27 to Tomac. And I want to talk about Marv in a second, but where are you at on Tomac's title chances here? I was saying after the first two rounds that that, that four, 40 is, is basically it's, it's done for, for Eli. Um, you know, basically done is I think those are the words I used and somebody, somebody <laughs> told me that. W- what do you think? W- I mean, we're at 27 now. I don't think it's done. Um, I think – I know you said we'd talk Marvin in a minute. Um, I think that's who I'm more worried about for Zach. Um, But Eli's still certainly in this thing. Like you, you rip off, he rips off a few, you know, some one ones here in a row. And Zach does some three, fours, two, five, like realistic results. We're not talking crashes or bad, but just average results. He's taking chunks, you know, six, seven, eight, 10 points a race. That, that 27, I think you said it was, I mean, that's gone and, a few races, right? Yeah. A couple races. Yeah. So yep. I, I, there's not a full 24 motos here, but still there's, there's plenty of racing left to, I think, um, to cut into 27 yeah. point lead. Yeah. I think. We're, we're down to, we're down to six races and, and you know, 12 motos. Yeah. So left. that's still, yep. I mean, there's yep. plenty, plenty of opportunity. Um, the problem is for Eli, there's, there's three people in front of him, not just that. Yep. So, yep. um, Barsha's, I don't. I I find it hard to put a lot of stock in the Barsha being in in the championship hunt. He he um, was on Monday on the show. I sorry to interrupt you. He was on Monday on the Pulp Show, and I mean, he dropped the reference three or four times. I'm still in this thing. And he, I mean, he is certainly he is I, from a you know trying to analyze it point of view. He hasn't done that in a long time, so it's hard to yep. put him in that category. Uh, but. I mean, mathematically, he's in front of Eli, so why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. If Eli's in it, then then Barsha's in it, right? And and he rode pretty damn good on. How was Saturday. that? How so, cool was that? And that was awesome. Dude, it, I think part of it. I mean, he obviously rode good, but there was a little bit watching on TV. You could see out of the corner of the screen at times he was jumping that little gap um, that that Eli wasn't doing for most of that second moto, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how these elite guys figure this stuff out, but Eli at some point late in the moto just started doing it himself, um, which then sort of stabilized the lead a little bit. And Barsha made a run at the very end, but um, I think Barsha was, was making up a lot of time with one section of the track um, that Eli then somehow just figured out figured mid-moto out by yeah. himself and, yeah. Yeah, while he's behind them. So, um, but yeah, it was impressive, man. Yeah. I haven't seen that out of Barsha in, in quite a while. Yeah. No, it was good. So let's talk about Marv a little bit. Are we sleeping on him? Are we, you know, um, you are. are we not thinking about him enough? Like, he, you know, took off for that first moto. It was impressive. Tomac caught him a couple times. He wicked it back up. Uh, second moto, look, yeah, he didn't quite have it. I'm sure, you know, the year off is, is not easy to come all the way back from. But, yeah, you think we're sleeping on Marv a little bit? I think so. He's, I mean, I, last time I was on this show, I think I said the same thing. I think Marv's, man, he's a proven front-running guy, and he's, he's pretty – Strong, consistent-wise, um, he doesn't have a whole lot of holes in his game uh, and outdoors. You know, Supercross, you can point to the whoop speed as being a, a liability, but outdoors, it's not like you can say Marv can't ride the mud or he can't ride hard pack or he can't ride sand or something like that. You yeah, know, he's yeah. pretty damn solid and everything. So I don't see – there's nothing 
in the future that makes me think like, well, he's going to throw one or two of these away and fall out of this. I think he's only going to get stronger. So right. these guys are probably in trouble with Marv, I think. Yeah, that would not be a story. Like we're all talking all about right. yeah. Tomac. We're all talking about Osborne. You know, what about Jason Anderson? But I don't feel like a lot – Cooper Webb. I don't feel like a lot of us were, were really talking about Marr before the year. Yeah, he yeah. and he was quiet, you know. I think he didn't start riding until a little later than he would probably have liked as well. Yeah. But um, even when he did start riding, it wasn't – he's in Florida. He's tucked away at, at the Baker's factory. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're seeing him out in California and there's, you know, videos out online or Insta yeah. bangers and stuff. You know, he's in Marr's – pretty secluded so yeah. that's probably a little bit of why he's off the radar some too as well but um and he, he was hurt for a long time so um justifiably people sort of write him off a little yeah some of the ktm guys were mad at us because we were speculating maybe this is it for him and and we're our comeback to that is like but we got no answers we would ask marv and he would say no for interviews and i'm not ready we would ask ktm people and they're like we don't know so we're like what do you yeah. want us to do on our end of things <laughs> we don't know right. nobody is talking so that's why some of us are like, well, maybe he's going to hang it up. Maybe he's lost a little bit of drive with, you know, obviously with uh, um, Brian Moreau getting hurt and with his brother getting hurt. Maybe he was, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, so, he is back. So, so basically you're, you're saying it's kind of like Stu when he retired. There was yeah, there was no communication. Yeah, yeah. So you're much. left to speculate at that point. <laughs> pretty much, right? Pretty much. Uh, all right, lines are full. Let's get into this. We're still giving away a Formula CC uh, helmet today on the folks from Fly Racing. Uh, Maxis, Athena, Pro Taper, and of course, 100% all on board with us. Let's go to Derek on one. Derek, what's going on? What's your question? You want to talk Ferrandis and Muscan? Yeah, uh, with Ferrandis going into the uh, 450 class next year, um, which one of the crafty Frenchmen do you think uh, do you think will do better against each other? Um, do you think that Ferrandis and uh, maybe Marvin are at two different points in their career, and you'll and you know you won't ever see any competition between them, or what are you thinking? No, I think I think Marv. What's what's Marv? Thirty one, Charles. He's up there. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's older than people think. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 Dylan's twenty six. So I think Derek, they're going to race against each other, but you know I don't think Marv is quite done yet. I think he's got he's this is his last year of his deal, I think, Charles. So he's probably going to resign though. I, I think. I. I I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure it goes through next year. Through next year, okay. But I, I don't know. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think it's through next year. Right. But, I'm but, not positive. but I do see them being really close in speed. Charles, do you? Yeah, I do, and I think they like the caller said. I missed your name. Sorry, but um, they're at a different point in their career, so I think they're a little different. So we're not going to see this big clash of the two Frenchmen trying to be the top French guy or whatever. But I think um, Dylan is going to ride a 450 very well, um, in my opinion. Um, but I think it's going to take some time for him to to get to that level that Marv's on. And as far as being a consistent podium guy, championship threat. Um, and I think by the time Dylan's ready for that in a year or two or you know three, whatever that yeah. that timeline is, Marv will probably be gone or on the way out at that point. So I think it, it's going to be an easy sort of passing of the torch, if you will. Um, there you go, Derek. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You know, I think. Uh... Charles, I think you're right. I think it'll take um, Dylan a, a year or so, like we've seen, you know, many, many times before, um, and 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 then he'll get into it. Are you worried? Dylan signed with Yamaha for next year. Uh, we've seen Barsha hot and cold, terrible Salt Lake City Supercross series, but generally speaking, Barsha's pretty good. AP, it's not worked out. Injuries, Cooper Webb, injuries, and it didn't work out. Are you worried about this Yamaha 450 thing that a lot of internet people like to bring up? That's tough. Um, <laughs> I say I say no, but I don't have a good reason, right? Like a yeah, fact yeah, that's yeah, yeah. back me up on that. Right. Um, I know Yamaha's made a lot of changes to their, their staff and the structure of the team, and moving forward it's going to be much different than it is today, and that's part of why these, you know, a guy like Ferrandis is staying there um, because I think he sees, sees the future is different than it is when Cooper Webb rode the bike. Um and the stock platform of that bike is is great. It wins most of the shootouts, right? So, um, at face value, why can't that bike be competitive? Um, but then you start looking at the results, and yeah. you look at Cooper Webb and Barsha, you go, well, maybe maybe there's something there. But mm-hmm. um, with them changing the staff and the people and the team structure, I think there's a lot of people internally, Dylan probably being one of them, excited about the future of yeah. of the Yamaha Factory 450 team. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to star next year, we think. And, yeah, you're right. They, they yeah. let Jimmy Perry go. 
a longtime team manager. They, they you know, some people retired there. Uh, so it is a really a fresh program for sure. So um, yeah, so I think it's going to be going to be different, and I I'm anxious to see how Aaron Plessinger um, once he gets healthy, how he responds to that yep. the difference here because I think that'll be our best test, right? Because Dylan's new to a 450 anyway, yep. so we don't know what to expect. Um, whereas Aaron's had a couple tough years, so if he all of a sudden turns it around next year and is a top five 450 guy, then we go, wow, there's shit. There really was something there to the program before. Um, but then on the other hand, if he continues down the road, he's on, you know, there's, you can't really point at the team and say it's their fault at that point because yeah. he's had two different teams, if you will, behind him. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Uh, all right, let's get to Shad on two. Shad, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Good. So, uh, yeah, I, I ride dirt bikes and everything, you know, at least once, twice a week or whatever. But I, I started getting a mountain bike. Okay. So I was trying to get some uh, mountain biking apparel and gear uh, off of uh, some uh, websites. Uh, power, you know, power near like uh, BTO and uh, Rocky Mountain and everything like that. And I was wondering about your Pulp MX code. I can't seem to find anywhere where I can use one. Uh, it works on mountain bike stuff 100%, right, Charles? It's technically not. Um, okay, I thought it did. Uh, because uh, casual apparel. Um, how did you try it, color? Shad, did you try uh, it 100? percent Excuse me. Did you try the 100 percent code on uh, on mountain bike stuff at 100? percent No, I don't. I'm not familiar with what you're speaking of. I tried like BTO, uh, Rocky Mountain. Okay. Uh, well, well, Shad, neither of those I work with. Right. And okay, BTO sells, so, uh, sells 100% mountain bike apparel. Okay. All right. Good luck, Shad. Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're really getting anywhere on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's uh, up, Cody? What's going on? You want to talk about State Gate? Yeah, I don't mean to change the subject. I no, do that's fine. Hey, no. Hold on, hold on, Cody. Uh, Charles, Charles, are you aware about State Gate? I'm moderately up to speed on it. And I know the general Where And who do you, who do you side with on this? <laughs> Um, Pookie, she's a vegetarian. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think, uh, I mean, JT, JT's overreacting a little bit. You know, this wasn't some, and of course it was a nice gesture and he isn't happy you gave it away, but come on, JT. Okay. Imagine that JT being serious, very serious about something. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, yeah. all right, go ahead, Cody. Sorry. No, no, no it's, it's good. Um, so no, I just I, I'm listening to the pulp show. I'm listening back to the archive right now this uh, this week, and and yeah, everybody's hammering on you. Darkside just called in to hammer on you, and everybody's against you. And I I don't see if you didn't know, I don't see what how how would they would they would they expect someone? I don't know. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know either. I got all these I got all these meat connoisseurs on Twitter being like, I can't believe you did that. You should know. You should know what a tomahawk ribeye is. Uh, okay. I, I would have yeah. had zero idea. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No idea. And then you can spin it, Steve. You can spin it and say that you were giving more respect to the steak because you gave it to someone that that gave it the right cooking and all that. Uh, you you would you would have just who knows who knows what you would have done to. Yeah, you that, had no idea what it was. That so. was that was glossed over because Tits uh, said that I would not have been able to prep it right tits to cook it like there was i very firmly believe that you probably would have ruined it thank you thank you so uh, yeah you know tits yeah, had to no, like no chance no chance you're devoting time to google it and come up with a way no, to no. cook it and spend them no no, and no chance he's not doing it for you no nope, so nope, it's not. getting yeah, so on a grill yep thank you I'm, I'm throwing my barbecue on and throwing it on the grill exactly so uh thanks exactly. yeah so, thanks cody i appreciate that I, I do have one more question okay that's more pertinent sure the whole so the star coming in at the 450 level is that because I know Yamaha was out of the sport for when that, like the San Manuel thing happened and all that. Is this kind of leading towards that, where they made the factory level maybe out, or is it just that they're joining? No factory. Star yeah, it? no factory team's going to be done. Yeah. Okay. So Star okay. Racing, Bobby Reagan, the owner, will run Yamaha's 450 effort, like JGR runs Suzuki's effort. You know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Simple. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thanks for the support on Stategate. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Not to not to jump, stay on the Yamaha topic too long, but last time they did this and they they went to JGR and um, yep. Sam Well and things like that. They they still employed a lot of those in-house techs, right? Like yeah, yeah. Bob Oliver was there. Jimmy stayed there, right? I think Dino was around. Yeah, of, yeah. They were still they were still financially responsible for some high yeah. you know high power high paid guys. And now this time this go around, it seems like 
they're getting rid of, they're retiring, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth of those yeah. guys. So it's a little same but different this time yeah. around. Yeah, honestly, like the sooner our sport could go to a NASCAR type of ownership, it would be better off. Get the OEMs out of here. Like, get them out of there. Uh, have private team owners, you know, lease equipment, work with the OEMs, all that. You know, have the have the technical staff there from the OEMs coming to work with the privately owned teams. If you did that and had Mike Genovas and Coy Gibbs and Bobby Reagans and, and all these guys that are now looking to make profit off of their team or at least not lose too much money, we they could all get together and go to MX Sports and go to Feld and work with the team, work with the promoters like the NASCAR guys do and like the IndyCar guys do to to uh, uh, have a better sport and a stronger sport and employ more riders and, and all of that. But right now we have such a disconnect between what Coy Gibbs wants to do and Mitch Payton and what the corporate marketing budget at, at the giant Honda is two different things. You know what I mean? So to me, yeah, to me, get to getting private team ownership as much as we can is the way to go here. But I don't know if yeah, it ever happens. Yeah, we're never going to never gonna fill all the way in, at one time, so that, that's, that's tough to Yeah, 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 yeah. Tough for to sure. tackle. No, I agree. Uh, all right, so still some more phone calls here. Whoa, Sam, you got a lot of background noise, Sam. What's going on? No, we can't do the background noise. We just can't. It's it's too much. Is under a train? I don't know. It's it's just come on, people. Jeremy, what's go- what's going on, Jeremy? Hey, Steve. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, not to shit on JT, but what do you think is worse between JT pulling his numbers to practice at Loretta's, or when uh, Michael Essie jumped in that mid-race fifty-plus class of World Vets for some warm-up? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> did you hear about JT practicing at Loretta's, Charles? Yeah, my mind was blown a, yeah, a little bit. On yeah, that. yeah, I've never yeah. known that was even a thing. Like, <laughs> right. not in JT, but just in general, in yeah. the whole history of Loretta Lynn, right. I know that ever happened. Thank you. Thank you. The whole thing of Loretta Lynn's, you can just go there and ride practice. Uh, I'm going to go with Alessi, though, because think about that. Alessi didn't show up for practice, you know, even though he lives up the desert, up the hill from Glen Helen. Didn't show up for practice, knew the race was going on. So he came late, and then he. And the the racing organization or whoever thought it was cool to jump into the middle of the race to practice. So uh, when you think about that, when you work that math out, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to go with the 800 was worse because at least JT was, you know, set up beforehand and he was practicing while there was practice going on. Right. So and JT was in yeah, a somewhat appropriate class, I guess. Yep, too, JT right? was in the appropriate class, and Mike was out there as a pro with the 50-plus guys uh, just riding around them. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to go with Alessi. Do you agree, Charles? Yeah, I do. I yeah. totally do. But, uh, but that's a great question, Jeremy. We're going to give you that fly helmet, all right? Oh, my God, that's amazing. Thank you. When you come in hot with questions like that, I mean, that's the hard-hitting stuff. So stay on hold, all right? We'll get you that, we'll get you that information. Hey, and, thank and, you so much. No problem. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, Mitch is on four. Mitch, what's going on? What's your question for uh, Charles Caslew? Hey, it's for both of you guys, actually. Just listening to your podcast with Chad Reed and listening to the story about him taking out an insurance policy and betting on himself in 2009. Yeah. I was wondering if, A, do you know how much that policy would cost? And then, B, is if uh, any riders nowadays would dare take a chance and take a policy out on themselves to win? Oh, there are tons of guys take policies out. Yeah, yeah. lots of guys do. Um, right, Charles? Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know specifics of it, but, yeah, right. it certainly happens right. quite often. And I don't know the dollar amount, but obviously the more successful you are, the more it's going to cost, right? So We can ask JT uh, when he comes on uh, for, for Reed in 09. 100000 comes to mind for Chad's as, a, as a policy. But you got to remember, he'd never, he'd never won an outdoor before that. He'd never, yeah. you know. So, so one thing I found on it, Mitch, is that these Lloyds of London, where you go to get the insurance policies, like they do some serious homework on the rider results and everything. And I've even been contacted by an underwriter to find out information on a rider who wanted to buy a policy. You know, they reach out, they read everything, they check everything. Like, they're into it, right? So I've even heard that there were some stipulations in somebody's along the lines of, like, other racers had to start a certain amount of races yeah, Chad, for it to be valid, right? Like Chad's Supercross policies that he bought on himself, Stewart had to ride half the series to collect. <laughs> 
Yeah, because they do their homework, and it only makes sense if this guy's there. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Mitch. So if Stu crashes out, then Chad wouldn't have got the money. Well, in '09, Stu wasn't there, but in, in other, like in other years, in other years, he, yeah, he needed Stu to ride half the races, just line up and ride just half the start races. Him, right? Yeah, yeah, just start him. Dang. So, cool. which is and, a big ask. And uh, and now, Mitch, like people do, like there's, I bet you there's 20 guys that have policies on themselves. You know, Mark, Mark, would that be just to win or to? No, uh, no, no. It's whatever you want. No, it's, oh, okay. it's whatever gotcha. you want. Uh, I know a rider who had to get top ten to start getting paid. I know a guy who had to get top fives. Um, I know a guy who had to get top threes. You know, uh, you can ensure each race. You can ensure a championship series where you are in points. You can ensure just about anything. These companies will work with you. So, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for the info. No, no problem. Appreciate thanks, it, Mitch. You know, some of us some of us were big supporters of RJ Hampshire this year, Charles. <laughs> yeah. You know? Didn't didn't how'd, how'd that work? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Greg, what's going on, man? Hey guys, yeah, I uh, I saw a post by uh, Pro Motocross about uh, Jay Marco in two in a row um, last couple weekends, and Brian Deegan had commented on the post about feeling bad for younger riders. Um, making it into the sport due to like top 10 clauses and contracts. What do you guys know about these? And like, why do teams do this? Okay. First of all, Deacon seems a little off his rocker on social media. <laughs> just, F, just to me, just to me. And I like Brian, he's called it show. Like, I don't really know what he's saying a bunch of times, you know? Um, but what, what is he saying that top 10 clauses for young riders? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, he's saying that it's like it's tough for young riders to make it into the sport because these factory teams are putting top ten clauses in their contracts, and I just didn't know if you guys knew anything about those or what they were about. Well, I mean, a lot of riders, factory riders, have auto renewals with certain results. You know, if you get top three in the points, you get auto renewal at a raise. Cooper Webb got a big raise and an auto renewal when he won the Supercross title. Uh, you know, there are performance clauses in a lot of deals. Charles, do you uh, know anything more about that? Yeah, but... For sure there are, but I can't imagine there's much relative to a top 10. Like, I don't think teams are re-signing any guys on a 250 if they finish right. top 10, so yeah. I don't know where that comes I, from. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and, and I mean, and I heard, I don't think it was Deegan. Somebody was, like, getting mad at J-Mart for riding the 250 national class being, what, what is J-Mart, 28? 27, 28? I, I don't know what he is. Yeah. But, but literally 40 years of motocross, the history of motocross We've never had an age limit in any class, in any class. Glover, Hannah, Barnett, all these guys raced 125s, which is now 250s, and won t- championships. You can be any age you want and race whatever class you want in motocross. So why people all of a sudden apply a double standard from Supercross to, to a regional series to a national series, I will never understand, Charles. I don't get it. Like Our history of motocross says you can be any age and race any class. Yeah, especially outdoors. I mean, there's been more so in the past than now, but, I mean, there was guys that would ride, um, you know, 250 or 450 Supercross yep. and then back down to 250 or 125 outdoors because 100%. it's a yeah. national series. Like, yeah, and they feel better on 125 or on a 250F or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand where people all of a sudden say J-Mart needs to get out of the national class. If you want to talk Supercross, I'm here for that. I'm here for that argument. I got I got 45 minutes to talk about that. But 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 Nationals? No. Hell no. Ride whatever class you want in Nationals. That's the way it's yeah, always it's been. So, all right. Cool. All right. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, pre- appreciate it. Ty, what's going on? Hi. I'm just calling in to uh, yep. hear if uh, you have any rumblings of High Point filling in for Paola at the end of the schedule here. Um. Well... Davey came on our show um, and said High Point is kind of in reserve, right? But then when Washugal fell through, we went back to Loretta's. So I found that a little yep. weird. Um, I did hear that, too. They said that High Point was supposed to be the backup if anything went right. wrong. But um, then, yeah. Well, so I heard today, I'm just trying to look through my text. Charles, did you hear about San Diego County and some sort of new issue for COVID stuff? No, I don't even know if. Paul was in San Diego County or not. No, not I was I, I was told it was. Is it? Because uh, I'm in Temecula. I'm like, I don't know, 15 miles north of Paul or something, and I'm not in San Diego County. But I don't, maybe I don't, it is. I don't <laughs> see where this is. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Um, San Diego County, uh, effective September 1st. 
uh, yeah, it looks like they've they've really uh, San Diego County has really started cutting down on some stuff where where I've heard where I've been told Paula is Ty. So okay, but, but Paula is Paula being an Indian reservation. I think they they, they, they sort of try to do their own thing. They right? are, they but kind of get away. But Davey said that he they would not you know do that. They would not push it through. But they could yes legally they can push it through. Okay. But Davey I, said I that the, Davey I, said they uh, would not do that. So I don't know. All right. But yeah, well, I'm but I'm you. with you, Ty. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I thought High Point would have been round two, right? Um, yeah. But and that's w- the thing. All the East Coast rounds have been gone. So yeah, Unadilla, yeah. Bud's Creek, Southwick, High Point, all the normal ones up here, they're all gone. So I'm well, there's a difference. No, but there's a difference between spectators and an amateur race. There's a big difference in amateur sports. And a professional yep. sport, so there is a difference. Yeah. So that's why you'll see Unadilla and Buds racing, but the pro races aren't there. Oh yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. all the pro races are gone. So. Right. Right. All right. All right. Thank thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, also Charles, I read uh, when the when the plan to racing to return to racing came out, they said they were going to limit the entries for each class to 72 or something. And yeah, that that went out the window. That went out the window. Do we know why? <laughs> No, I don't, but I noticed that same thing at okay. one of the earlier rounds. I'm like, wait, there's more here than ever. Yeah, yeah. I need to uh I need to text uh somebody at MX Sports and find out what, what happened there or, or what uh what was going on because that, that was confusing. Um so anyways. Uh before we let you go, Charles, uh Jason Thomas coming up here on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty show, presented by Maxis, Athena, Pro Taper, hundred percent. Happy to see Dean uh coming in eight eight, right? Like the first two rounds were not good. Yeah, and that was he had a big one in practice. I, from what I heard, I didn't see it. Um, so I was, I stayed away from him and, and Pulp Max Fantasy. Hindsight, probably shouldn't have, should have picked him. Um, but yeah, that's solid. I think that's still not where Dean expects to be or where the team expects him to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a former 250 class outdoor champion. So, um, you know, I think he expects to be better than, than 8-8 on the day, but still that's yeah. light years ahead of, uh, a couple really bad motos before that. So, do you, do you think like was it was it a Loretta's thing and a mud thing? Because I don't remember Dean being a not good at Loretta's. Obviously, he won there, but it's a long time ago. But still, you know that type of track seems to find Dean suit Dean fine, yeah. or or the mud for Dean. And again, uh, if you look at podium in Supercrosses in mud, he's done well. So I don't yeah, what, I you know it, like I don't know what it was. I don't know. Okay, I think it was just a, <laughs> his crushes, I think his crashes and bad starts and okay, it just is what it is. It, it would have if he started how he started and crashed like he crashed or whatever at Loretta's okay. dry or muddy, he probably finishes the same. You know what I mean? Right, right, it's right. Kind of just just happened. So, but I think I think that's a this weekend was a positive step, but mm-hmm. still certainly not where he expects to be. Right. Uh, let's bring our next guest on here, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? What happened? Hey, a couple things, JT. We had a guy call in, Cody, I believe, and uh, he sided with me in Stategate. So thank you to Cody. But uh, we also had a guy call in and say, what was worse, you practicing at Loretta's in 02 or 03? What was, what was bad about that, though? I don't really understand Hold on. what was bad he, about He was that. saying, what was worse, that you're practicing at Loretta's or Michael Essie jumping into the plus 50 race at the World Vets to get some practice? And we both said it was a Lessie. So we didn't, we, you know, we kind of sided yeah, with you on that. I don't, I don't understand what, what could possibly be construed as bad about me, me getting uh, practice in El Reda. Charles? Do you, do, do you think there's ever been another person that's ever just ridden practice at Loretta that wasn't entered? I'm sure. I, I bet people sneak out there all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the, all the time the strong stance. <laughs> I bet people sneak onto the track at Loretta's every year. Like, and, and when I say sneak, I mean, like, they're not even racing. Like, they didn't plan on racing. They didn't get – I had permission. These people, I'm saying, they didn't have permission. <laughs> I think like, that so – people just go to, the, go to the race with their bikes and just, just go out there and practice, huh? I'm going well, like to try it. Well, like people that are racing or, like, the dad or, like, yeah, just but if get you, out there. But if you don't have a bib or, or a transponder, well, how are you? People don't wear their bib in practice. You don't oh, wear okay, the right bib there. in oh, practice. Okay. But, okay. And I guess transponders aren't required because I think the year I raced plus 30 with Parabino, so I don't think he uses transponder. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you don't want to show anybody. Right. You don't want to show anybody what you got. Right. 
Um, but, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I never thought about it. I never considered it being a realistic thing, but maybe JT knows something. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, listen, when the man that owns the, owns the race gives you the go-ahead, who am I to say there's anything wrong with that after that? It's, yeah. it's still bizarre. It's still bizarre for sure. So, but but Alessi was in a, competing in a race with people 30 years older than him. So yeah, yeah. No, first. I'll go with the Alessi being weirder. 100. Well, do you remember? Yeah. You remember that story of that guy coming out of the woods at Mount Morris and like one of the in the 80s, some guy just came out of the woods in the, one of the motos. What? Like, in the middle of the race. Oh yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. never heard this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, back when the, you know the track used to wind all through the woods, some guy just came ripping out of the woods and into the into the middle of the moto. <laughs> I need to ask David what, about this. Yeah, what are the odds you could get away with that right now? And the AMA, other now, hundred percent. How many laps? How many laps could you get in before oh, they know You'd get the whole motor in. Yeah. <laughs> John get- Ayers would John Ayers would have you picked off from snipers that are already. Oh on the no, no, JT, I disagree. I think it would work totally. You get at least a few laps, right? Yes. Maybe. All right. I'm, I'm all out. Try it. All right. Well, hey, Charles, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Yep. And uh, we'll have you on again, man. Thanks a lot. Cool. All, all right. right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Charles Castley from 100% Fly Racing, flyracing.com. We have given away the Fly Racing Formula CC helmet. And uh, thank you to Maxis, Athena, Pro Taper, 100% all on board with us. Uh, JT, uh, weather report for the two Red Buds, please. Oh, man, we are looking good. Uh, very nice days, both days. Actually, both are scheduled to be a high of 75. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Uh, it should be beautiful, yeah. Anything can change, as uh, you know, Jason Wygant would tell us, but it's looking good right now. Good. Good to hear. Um, yeah, I was talking a little bit about Dean with, uh, with Charles, who obviously uh, he's a friend of his and everything else. Good to see Dean Wilson get some results. 8-8. It's not maybe where he wants to be, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're back on track with that. You know, the guys he is battling with, um, you know, he was battling with. Uh, well, we're losing you. We're losing you here. Oh, got some bad service going on. Yep. Can you hear right. me? Yep, you're back. Okay. Um, I don't think that Dean would really think he should be battling with those guys. I think he fancies himself up there battling with the guys in front of that. You know, the baggots and, and maybe not on the podium. I but at least like battling for five, six, seven, you know, not having a good day going eight, eight. So um, I'm sure it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think that's necessarily where he's content with either. So when you look at Marv, right, he was off for a year and he comes back and he, you know, he's riding well and he won the moto. Savachi is not on Marv's level, but he's not far off Marv's level. At Factory Cowie. Well, at Factory okay. Cowie. You oh, know, okay. okay. Like, he was not off for a year. He was off a long time, but not off for a year. He can't quite get it back. So a couple questions. Will he get it back? And what's his what's his ceiling? What's Sav- can, can Swatchy start getting? I mean, we saw him pull starts, run top three. Yeah, I think those those two are really it's, – it's not a fair comparison. You know, you're talking about Marv, a multi-race winner. You know, he – just a couple of years ago, it came down to the last moto for him to see if he was going to win the 450 Outdoor Motocross Championship. I just kind of have Marv in a different category as Savachi no, as far I as do, their 450 career. No, I do too. I do too. I'm just kind of saying getting back to racing. Like yeah. Marv got right back to where he was. That's what I'm – Marv got right back. You know, and Joey is far off that. Yeah, so, you know, and Joey got, what, ninth in the second moto yeah, last weekend? Yep. So that's not too far off, because if you remember, you know, Joey's good motos, he would be five or six last year. Like, that was kind of the, the top for Joey. Like, that was his ceiling. So if you look at it in that comparison, you also have to remember that you're you're adding in Sexton and Cincerillo, which are two guys that, you know, put out, that pushes Joey to seventh in that moto. Uh, if you remove those two guys in uh-huh. a, a heads-up comparison to last year. So, just in, you know, I'm moving around a lot of pieces there, but he's not that far off, and I think a big part of that is the start. Um, but, yes, to your point, I agree that Joey doesn't look the part the way he did last year. He doesn't have, you know, a top-five qualifying speed right now. It doesn't seem... Um, so, it'll be interesting. It's something to watch throughout the rest of the season because I think he, he really needs to 
show something, right? He needs to show flashes of that speed that he had last year to keep the ball rolling and, and keep people optimistic about where his Corbett career can go. So with um, 12 motos left, what's his ceiling? Where can he get to? I think I think fifth or sixth in a moto is about as good as you're going to see. Yeah. And, and he's, he's going to need some help to get there. Yeah. You know, if, if everybody is up and upright on their motorcycles and healthy, I think seventh or eighth is about as good as you're going to get. Uh, there's just the field is too deep right now, and those guys are significantly better than him, unfortunately, at the moment. You know what's got to happen for sure, and you've been on teams a lot. Uh, he's got to beat Freddie a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie cannot be in front of him, and you can <laughs> no. you can visually see Sabachi. I watched him a few times, like look up to find where Freddie was, because you could just tell he knows. I cannot be beaten by Freddie Norton because there's such a salary gap there. Yeah, you you know you know you have to beat that guy. Like yeah. he, he just can't finish in front of you, or your team's gonna look at you like, why are we paying you all this money again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, you can't get beat by the Swedish dude who maybe doesn't you know doesn't get a lot of respect from other guys, right? Yep. So, yep. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch uh, going forward from here. Um, I'm kind of I like Dylan Ferrandis. He's a good dude. He's always giving good interviews. And maybe some of the stuff that we see is an English, uh, not grasping English 100% as your first language. But yep. whether, whether it's the front tire last week at Loretta's or, you know, wa- saying that Shane and him need to have a talk and he doesn't know why Shane moved over on him. I watched that start three times. Shane got the jump and moved to the inside turn. And Dylan had the inside gate. Like, that's what happens off a start. So It always will. So that's I don't know. Happen. I'm kind of like WTF, Dylan, on both of these things. Yeah, and honestly, I, I don't believe that Shane McElrath really cares about Dylan Ferrandez's championship. That, that's my personal opinion. Well, of course not. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but this, so, but, okay, but I don't know if Dylan, if that's what Dylan means, like he should move, he should watch for me because I'm in this title. But, it, 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 you know, you might, you might be on to something, JT, because last year, he said Cooper fought him harder than he fought AC, and he, and you know, and, and their teammates and Cooper should should watch out for him. So yeah, I think there's a big difference between you know doing your teammate dirty. Like you definitely can't make overly aggressive moves on your teammate. But I think that teammates battle each other. There's more of a rivalry, and guys are more motivated to beat their teammates than anybody else on the racetrack. Yeah. So are you kind of with me a little bit, like WTF to Dylan? You know what, I, I think he's just suffering from a lot of the reasons that why you don't hear anything from riders these days. It, it's just safer to say nothing. Because if whether right or wrong, if you share emotion and you share your true thoughts, you know, it, it, somebody's going to have a problem with it. Um, and that's the tough part for Dylan because he probably feels like he is the, the title guy on that team and I, I don't think that McElrath would really agree you know McElrath's probably like hey dude I'm here to win for myself like I yeah, want to win no, no, too. especially like, it's, we're not the last round we're not the last well, round but here. I don't yeah I don't think Dylan sees it that way I really don't and I think that's where some of the disagreement is coming in is like Dylan's like hey dude I'm I have a red plate and I'm going to win this title like don't cut me off yeah. you know and, and yeah. yeah I think Dylan probably I don't know if he should or not that's not the right word, but I think you're going to see him start to tone it down as far as what he says on his interviews, you know, whether he still feels that way or not. But I think that's why you don't hear these riders really share, you know, insight on these podium interviews because they just they get bashed for it because it's, a lot of times it's irrational. Well, Our thoughts coming right off the track, yeah, yeah. and I can speak from experience, are very irrational and they're completely emotion driven. And when you go back and watch the film and you look at it objectively, you're probably going to come to a different conclusion, and you probably you know would agree with you looking back on it a few days later. Yeah, maybe. And and you know what? And also, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe English, like we said, he doesn't speak English as his first language. So maybe there's some of that. But you know, maybe yeah. But you can definitely tell he's been angry. You know, <laughs> in his hide. What, regardless of the words that are coming out of his mouth, you can see the anger in his body language and the tone and all that. So. Wow. Whether or not he, he's saying exactly the words he would choose French, the anger is there, the frustration wow. is there. I need to ask DV because when you pick the inside gate, sometimes it goes shitty. And Shane McElrath got the start and moved to the inside like any racer would do. Like anybody well, would it's do. A, it's a very defense, it's a defensive move, right? Yeah. I think 
when you go to the very inside gate, it, it shows everyone else that you are insecure about how the start's going to go. That, that's the only reason to go to the very inside. It's safer, yep. sure, but it, it's a very defensive starting choice. All right, let's get to a phone call here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Kyle, you want to uh, weigh in on this uh, Michael Lessi JT uh, debate? Yes, um, I am 100% on board. If somebody wanted to jump into a national right now, they would pull it off. I had a buddy, uh, Nate, he actually he prints the wall studs for Racer X, um, the covers. He was at Red Bud probably four years ago, and uh, press day going on, you know, top five guys out there, and he jumped out on his 2D2 stroke and uh, was just out there ripping Morocco's leap, did the whole press practice. Nobody flagged him down or anything. And, uh, I, I think someone would pull it off completely, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, too. I think you could get out there, for sure, and just jump I, in somewhere. I'm trying to remember a full story, but I, I believe there was, like, an hour later, somebody looking for the number 65. Like, I finally got around. They're like, where's this number 65 bike that was out in front? It was long gone after the fact at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, you know what I also used to do, Steve? I was thinking about this. At Mini Olympics, which I know is, you know, you love these amateur events, right? If you'll remember, and I know you went there with Ryan Morris and won the... No, no, no I didn't win anything. I didn't win anything. I got, oh, you I got, won. I got screwed out of the Golden Ranch. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right, right. So on the second day of Supercross, there is no practice, but you get one lap in the morning. They let everybody out for one lap just to see the track. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew the guy that flagged everybody, and he just like, yeah, just keep circling around. So I did, like, literally, I probably did 10 laps. I would just ride off the track and then ride back over, and he would let me go again. So I just kept going with every group and just got a bunch of practice in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was a, a, a history there. I have a pedigree of uh, <laughs> line-stepping. Right. Let's, let's say line-stepping. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle. Habitual line-stepper. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for the call, man. Yep. Thank you. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I Michael Lessie's was worse, for sure. Oh, yeah, like, of course. I wasn't trying to... Right. sneak away with anything like I the owner's like yeah yeah, yeah go ahead You're, you you live half an hour away from the track you miss practice on the race and you just jink you can just jump in with plus 50 dudes I, I don't I don't understand that but anyways we shall move on uh any thoughts on Benny Bloss JT that's your guy you're the Benny Bloss whisperer and it's not been going well the tough part is that you know they're they're running a program that they've been a part of a, a factory based team with factory equipment for a very long time and they got kind of thrust into this mid-string and they weren't really prepared to go outdoor racing you know they had to go buy bikes and, and source equipment do all these things and i think you're just seeing the difficulties in doing that right you just don't have uh, a off season of testing to work through electronics and things that can break and do all these things and uh as good as bikes are these days they're also really temperamental you know, the, the electronics, look at Luke Rensland this past weekend. You know, these bikes are just really tough to keep going throughout a race day as, as uh, advanced as they are. So I don't think they would do it, but my advice would be just what we said. Run the thing stock and go out there and, and get her done. Right. Run, stock electronics, a high-compression piston, and, and call it a day, an exhaust. You know? like just, yeah, I, just... I, once I've been out there racing on a full, you know, not factory bike, but a really good bike before, and I've been out there on a really close to stock bike. In the middle of the moto, you can't tell the difference. You right. really can't. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, all right, JT, who's the winners this weekend? Uh, give me both rounds, both classes, and we are going to hold. Go, you, and we're going to hold you to this too. Yeah, I'm going to go Ferrandis in the 250 class because I think that you know he'll qualify really well on this new start. The inside is is kind of everything uh -huh. you know if you get on the inside gates it really favors you so i think he'll get up there top you know top five top ten on the start at minimum and then he'll win and then uh in the 450 um i have to pick zach in my staging area column but i don't have to pick him on this show so 450 are people onto that by the way are the comments oh, yeah. onto well, that yes or no some people are just hammering on me for like being so biased and, you know, uh, people kind of get joked right um, but I don't know. I, I think Tomac will continue his momentum uh, and win one out of the two, so I'll go with the first one. Okay. All right. That works, yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks a lot. You'll be there this weekend. 
So uh, yeah, we, I'm, we already, were, I'm already in the area. You so are in, in the uh, area as we speak. Yeah, so in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois at the moment. Tim Ritchie said on Monday that he can get me a bike and I can jump the leap because Cade said, "Come around the bottom on the outside, third gear wide open, and I will jump the leap." He can get you a bike, but I do not think that you would be willing to jump the leap. Oh, all right. Bring some gear. There's a pretty serious moment of truth when climbing the face of it where you can't let off, and I, that's a pretty serious commitment. Cade said third gear wide open, you'll make it every time. Yeah, well, yeah, you could you could train a chimpanzee to do it. I'm just saying it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. All, right. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot. We'll see you this weekend, man. Okay, guys. All right, see you. All right, everybody. That's the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show for another week, Wednesday edition. We are not going to be here next week because there's no race, but we'll be back before uh, Millville. Tomahawk tits. Yeah, buddy. Good work. Thank you. Fly racing. Maxis. Get Athena. 100% pro taper all on board with us, as are you people. Thanks for listening. See ya.